welcome to the Golden Rock Podcast. I'm Ben, and I'm joined this week not by fellow Pokemon enthusiast Connor, who unfortunately has lost his voice. Instead, I'm joined by another Pokemon enthusiast, Sam. As always, we're bringing you some of the latest Pokemon news and a few laughs along the way. This episode, we'll be discussing the recently released footage of Scarlet and Violet's The Hidden Treasure of Area Zero DLC, which is an absolute mouthful, that was shown in the latest Nintendo Direct. We'll also be discussing Samsung's latest Pokemon-themed in-ear headphones, and in our Devil's Advocate section, we'll be arguing whether Mega Pokemon should return to the mainline games. As always, you can jump to a topic using the timestamps in the description below. First and foremost, Sam, how are we? Not too bad, man. It is weird to hear you say my actual name. For those of you who know me from my channel, uh, there's a running joke that I'm called Frank, uh, but that is not my real name. It is Sam. So, uh, you know, but which uh, which I don't call you Sam. I call I call you British, call British. and I call you YouTube Owen. Name is British. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> that we call each other by our YouTube names, which is which is really weird. So just the fact that calling you Sam, which even even when we do YouTube stuff, and I don't call you British. I will call you, I will call you Frank if any, if yeah. anything, if I don't call you British because oh, yeah. of the running joke. Um, it's just absolutely bizarre, but it's good to finally have you here on the podcast because I know that you've submitted comment uh, questions and comments in the past, and we've we've discussed it. And a long time ago, when we were setting this up, we were discussing you know you being the third you know, host of this as well, but you had a lot going on. So me and Connor just well, kind of ran with it. So I'm glad we've got you on. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. Uh, first of all, I got to say, uh, big fan of the podcast. I've enjoyed, I actually do keep up with it. Uh, before we started recording this, ho- uh, sorry, Ben was like, uh, yeah, do you like actually be honest? Like, do you listen to the podcast? I was like, yeah, I actually keep up with it. Um, I really enjoyed the Gen 2 conversation about the, um, you know, is it overrated or not? And uh, shout out to, you know, Connor, hopefully you feel better soon, dude. And uh, I'll do my best today. So I'll try. <laughs> that's, all, that's all we can ask. That's all we can ask. <laughs> Let's move on to the first piece of news this week that Samsung has released more Pokemon themed Galaxy Buds that are very, very cute. So they, they basically, these are just the cases that the, that the in-ear Buds come in. Uh, we've got a Snorlax face, we've got a Jigglypuff face, and then we've got Ditto, which is just full size because Ditto doesn't really have a face. It's just... A blob, basically. Um, and you, you, the, I'll leave a, disc- a link to the photo down below so people can check this out. Um, so you've got two basic versions. You've got the ones going for $99 and the, another more powerful pair going for $152. So w- what do you think of the design? Do so, you like them? Yeah, so I actually don't dislike the idea of having Pokemon as a... Um, a, a cover for these uh the headphone case um i actually had a uh game boy uh advanced cover from my old airpods um the only really? thing yeah and it was actually really cool i i love it um i think i still have it somewhere the only thing for me is the choice of pokemon that they chose so like snorlax is cool but ditto and jigglypuff like i'm not saying it's we need bizarre. more <laughs> like i'm not saying we need more charizard stuff or anything like that but like there are so many pokemon we're at a thousand plus pokemon and you chose ditto and jigglypuff really I, that was my it's only a, complaint but i don't know it's yeah it's a bizarre mix of pokemon because i was thinking <laughs> yeah. well why did why not go for either the, the like 
you know, a, a fire of water and a grass starter. Because yeah. that is like, when you think of the franchise, you, you've got the three starters. Why not go for Pikachu? Because it is such a massive mascot in the series. And the only reason I can think that they've they've chosen these is just because they're quite easy faces to produce. Like, Ditto's just a blob, so it's quite easy to create that. Jigglypuff is pretty much round, which makes it quite easy to do that. And Snorlax's face is, like, quite symmetrical and easy to do. So I'd imagine that's part of the reason. And obviously, Gen 1, who doesn't love Generation 1? And these Pokemon are quite well-known even outside of Generation 1. So I th- and, and I think the colours are quite pleasing as well. So they're the only reason I can think of that however this isn't samsung's first attempt at doing this they uh, uh, in may 2022 they did a pokeball container and oh. it was limited edition sold out within an hour so it is literally just wow. the red and white pokeball it opens up and it's got it got the earpods in which i think i preferred the pokeball to be yep. quite honest with you I'm looking at because like each of these Pokemon, they well the Ditto except for the Ditto, they've kind of had to chop off a point and go right. Okay, this is the case. Whereas the Pokeball is just purely the Pokeball. Like the, the, the you know it's round. Yeah, it looks really good quality. It looks absolutely fantastic. I mean the the question I've got: Would you ever use these? I thought you were going to ask me what would be my three Pokemon that I would choose to make out of these. And I actually have an answer for you, which we can get to that at some oh, other okay. point. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I I guess the thing that sticks out for me with Ditto is like, why choose a Pokemon without a head? Like, to your point, Snorlax and Jigglypuff have heads that you can make the face and it looks right. Ditto, you're just cutting its body in half. So it's, again, a strange choice. I, I, I do see what you're saying, though, with the generation. Like, it is Gen 1. Like, typically, Pokemon fans know these three Pokemon. Um, I love the idea of the Pokeball one. I definitely, if I had this brand of headphone, um, I definitely would get the Pokeball one. I I mean, like I said earlier, I had a Game Boy Advance one. Um, I take my AirPods to work, and uh, people commented a couple times, like, oh, that's, that's a cool AirPod uh, case, but... Um, yeah. What would- so which three would you which three would you would you choose then? <laughs> so um I, I think honestly there's only one way to go with this. It's it's Low Punny, Gardevoir, and Vaporeon. <laughs> I feel like there's no better trio um that you can choose for that. <laughs> There's certainly a demographic that the Pokemon fans <laughs> that, that would like that. That the definitely definitely is, but I think they would be quite difficult I think, to. I think it'd be do. a hot commodity. <laughs> <laughs> very nice, very nice. By the way, you will have to show me that Game Boy Advance one that you've got at some point. Yeah. I'd love to see that. Um, let's move on to the main piece of news uh, this week, which um, in the most recent Nintendo Direct, we got more footage of the upcoming DLC, The Hidden Treasure of Area Zero, which is split into two parts. The Teal Mask, which is arriving on uh, on the Nintendo Switch this fall, and the Indigo Disc, which lands later this winter. So we've not got long to wait. Uh, the trailer is roughly split into two, although it, it, in terms of watch time, there is more time dedicated to the Teal Mask, which is the first DLC that's coming, but it's split into two. So what we're going to do is we're just going to quickly break down some of the things that we saw in the first part, which is the Teal Mask, and then discuss the things that stood out to us, whether or not they are good or bad. Does that sound good? Sounds good. 
Okay, so the main takeaways for me is we get to see some of the overworld, including a, a mountain that bizarrely looks like a skull. You can see what looks like eyes, a horn, and some teeth. Now, I don't think that's a Pokemon or a Pokemon skull, but it's quite interesting that it looks like that. We also get introduced to some of the new characters. We have Kieran, who appears to be uh, a young boy, and Carmine, who appears to be uh, an older, older woman, and they're definitely related in some way because they have very similar hairstyles whether or not they're brother and sister mother and son or you know part of the same group that wanders around uh we got new outfits and hairstyles uh being confirmed we get uh a, a, quite a few returning pokemon including centrets apom gligar corfish regular whooper which is quite nice uh and uh, and then we also get we, we get to actually see in-game footage of the new pokemon that are are, are coming in including monkey dory okidogi pheasantipity and uh ogapon i think i've pronounced at least two of those right but i'm sure someone will tell me that that i have it because they are when you it was connor actually that told me how to pronounce it. i was like okay nice. that kind of makes uh that kind of makes sense um and then before we talk about what stood out was there anything else that you saw that was like oh yeah i want to talk about that so um the one thing i'd be curious to know is for me and this is kind of uh i think i'm i'm kind of filling in for connor here with the whole theory uh stuff right is okay. um so if you notice in the trailer there's the i don't know if this is the fourth legendary you know how there's like the birds in gen one and the mewtwo is the fourth yep. legendary so there's the one that's wearing the mask and it has like this star yes. diamond the 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 diamond to me makes me think there's somehow a connection between that mask legendary and the turtle somehow i i think that because of its design and how it's more of a i think if i remember correctly i'd have to look at it again it's like a dot it's it, the turtle shell is kind of like a diamond itself. I wonder if there's any correlation between that. But um, for me, the outfits stick out. Um, it gives me very like Legends Arceus vibes or Arceus, however you pronounce that. Yes. Um, it gives me yes. very Legends vibes, um, which I really like. I am not, uh, and I'm sorry to all you diehard Gen 9 uh, school uniform fans, but I'm not the biggest fan of the outfits or the uniforms. Um, so to see these or this style coming in uh, really stood out to me. I like it a lot. Definitely. This is one of the one of my little bugbears with the Gen 9 is, you know, you got your school outfit, which makes sense when you start school. But then when they go, oh, go off and do your own thing. Why would I want to wear my school outfit? I, yeah. I, I wouldn't. So the fact that we get the opportunity to change it in this into something that isn't a school outfit really, really like the fact that they've done that and then just talking on on the legendary pokemon the one with the with the mask which i, I believe is ogapon and the the whatever it has on the mask so that that looks a bit like a terra crystal kind of mm. and then the the legendary pokemon the big turtle one which is called terra terra pagos i think i've probably butchered that um that seems to have some kind of gem on the back and i hadn't noticed actually the two different things and what i'll what'll be interesting to see is how connected these two pieces of dlc are because the dlc for sword and shield there was no real like connecting threads between the two outside of you just exploring another part of galar there wasn't any overarching narrative that flowed through so it'd be quite interesting to see if this is the case for this. The fact that it's called the Hidden Treasure of Area Zero, 
and yet you've got these two elements which don't really seem to have anything to do with Area Zero at this stage. Gives me hope yeah. that they are connected in some way. I'm hoping. Yeah, agreed. In terms of what stood out to me then, Pucciana has never looked so good. Like, the fur on this Pokemon... <laughs> like, Poochiana is one of those Pokemon that Gen 3 I really didn't care for. I just didn't care for it whatsoever. But seeing it... it like, some Pokemon look better as a 3D model. Poochiana has got a massive blow-up. It looks amazing. It looks fantastic up close. The fur looks beautiful. So I, I love seeing that. Um, I loved the part of the trailer where there's they're in some kind of swamp and you see the Wooper and then a, a Yanma flies overhead yep. and it looks absolutely beautiful. But I've been burnt by Game Freak before. This is unlikely to be in-game. I, I If this is in-game graphics for oh. that part, I will absolutely eat my hat. Okay, because it, it just looked too good to unfortunately be in-game graphics. And then if I had one nitpick, one little nitpick for this, they say that it's a festival and there's a clip where the main character is in the street where the festival is taking place yeah. and it is deserted. It is empty. There are like three NPCs and that does feel like in-game footage to me because we've seen what the cities were like in Scarlet and Violet where there was just nobody around a lot of the time um i i i hope that because this is a smaller part and i hope it isn't loading assets from the mainland game while you're playing this and i'm just hoping it runs smoother and they can populate it a bit more to make it feel a lot more lived in which was one of the criticisms i had of, of scarlet and violet yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it they it is weird how they do that in Pokemon, where like some areas are very populated, but then there's a ton that just has like one NPC, and you're like, really? What was the okay? Okay, don't fill up the new area you've implemented into the game. Um, <laughs> no, I'm I'm really curious about this. I think the big thing that stands out for me in the the first part um, uh, of this the trailer, the the DLC that I think call, comes out in the fall, right? Because the first one is fall, mm-hmm. second part's winter. Yeah. Um, for the fall DLC, I'm I'm really curious about these legends. I I don't know how you feel about them, but I like the look of them. Um, if I understand correctly, they're all dark types, or or they have. I think they're all dark. I I think off the top of my head, but I, this is going back to a conversation that I had a long time ago. I think they're all primary dark, and then they have a secondary typing but i don't know off the top of my head i should probably check while you while you're talking more about the legendaries well and so while you're looking into that what i also find fascinating is like so they have the um these like purple i want to call them like beads or like these like um these things around them if i recall i think it's because they all have the same ability it's like the toxic move where like um isn't it something like if they land a direct contact or a contact move it poisons the foe or they get contacted. They, so I'm assuming that's how they, that's the reason why they all have that like purple chain or the the toxic chain. It's called toxic chain effect. So when a Pokemon, this ability hits an opponent with a move contact or non-contact, the power of its toxic chain uh, may cause the opponent to become badly poisoned. So it's a better version of poison points. It seems So they can poison non-contact that, how that's a little bit wow that is insane in a randomizer too you get that on another pokemon too i mean that's wow but i I do like that there's more representation with the dark type i think is what i was going towards i feel like i don't know i'd have to look back on how many we have i've just looked into this and the typings haven't been confirmed yet they're still unknown um but there are there is speculation obviously 
poison typing because of their their ability dark type because of the the common theme and and you know dark elements of the design throughout all of them i can't see them all being dark poison um but it, i think they might all be poison with a secondary typing potentially but we don't know that at this stage but the design so the designs i wasn't too sure on when i saw the artwork originally the only one i was happy with was um fezendipity however seeing them all in game now they work in a really weird way Mm -hmm. and i and i can't explain why. and what i love about this trio is typically when you get you you when you have a legendary trio they all look quite similar like the the birds from gen one the the dogs from gen two yeah the reggies yeah exactly that they all they always have a, a very similar theme and while there might be slight variations for them for the most part they all look quite similar what i like is the three of these just like other than you know some of the dark elements and the the poison chain, like there's nothing connecting these designs, and I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing what role they play in the story, and I'm hoping they do play a major part in the story. Yeah, and I'm you know to add to that as well, and I, I think that's a really good point. I because when you look back at all the legends, they really are just all the same with just a different typing, and they they have a slight different design but it's not a massive change with this one what i'm curious about is like how do they differentiate their stat totals as well so like there's the one that i I don't know the names as well as you do but the one that looks like a a kind of like an incineroar it's big it's bulky you know is that is that a slow attacking mon and then like the one that's got the wings is that maybe fast and also has like a lot of hp or you know the smaller uh one that has like the swept back hair um, which copied my hairstyle, of course. Um, it is, uh, you know, is that one maybe a balanced mod? So I, I'd be curious about the stat total as well. But yeah, they've been very tight lipped on these Pokemon at the moment. But th- it doesn't surprise me. This is very much what Game Freak does with their games, as they slowly roll out more facts, more information, and then when you get to typically the last couple of weeks beforehand, they just go ham. I remember before Scarlet and Violet came out we the the last month to six weeks before the release we had new trailers to discuss every single week as they just ramp up the marketing of it um so we'll obviously get more information about these um at a later stage uh if you've not got anything else to talk about with that should we move on to this second part which is the indigo disc sounds good let's do it so uh we meet multiple characters we get uh we get lacy we get uh Kyrano, I think. There's a very cool looking chef with red hair and a frying pan as a weapon, apparently. Uh love his love his or her design. Looks absolutely amazing. We get somebody, we get the, the back of somebody sat at a, what looks like some kind of table wearing a an amazing black and gold jacket with um oh what what's the dog Pokemon in Gen 9 called? Fido that evolves no, the oh, other one. Uh, oh, um, uh, mash, ma- mash, mischief, mischief, ma- mischief. Yeah, something like that. Yep, you got it. Yeah, whatever the whatever the, the first form evolution of that that jacket looks absolutely amazing. I'll be gutted if we don't get to see that. And I think my biggest takeaway from this is that I thought the indigo disc was going to be some kind of gimmick, some kind of item, but the indigo disc is 
looks like an underwater park. Yeah, that's what it looks like from what you can tell. And it, I, I'm curious, is it more of like a battle arena? Because when you go through the trailer, it starts off and like uh, the, the your character runs on this bridge and then you you go into the cutscene where there's like a, a battle in an arena. So is that all that it is or does it expand into a whole other separate water island? Um so yeah, what it what it looks like because I managed to take a screenshot of this is that there is a part where it shows a crossing of, of four biomes. So you've got one that looks like deserty. You've got one that looks like a mountain range. You've got one that looks like a tundra, an icy tundra. And you've got one that looks like mountains with waters, beach, and your typical grass. And they all meet in one point, which is this cross shape. So I've got a feeling it's going to be a combination of the two. One part of it is, oh, you can get to go around, you get to see all these Pokemon in these different biomes. And then there was probably some kind of, like, say, area where you can battle, because I did notice that as 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 well in in the trailer. And then the other takeaway is that we we get to see in-game footage of uh, Terrapagos, I think it is called, which is the Turtle Pokemon, yeah. which has all the different... Uh, typings on its back, which is theorized to have something to do with the ability to to rastalize in this game, um, and like it doesn't give that much away in terms of what this is, where it is, and again, the the thing for me is how do either of these two trailers connect with the title of the hidden treasure of Area Zero? Hmm. That like. I can understand if it was just the hidden treasure because the whole premise of the game is go out and and figure out your treasure, which might be, you know, going out and taking on the Pokemon League. It might be going out and helping your friends. Uh, I could understand if this DLC was just called the hidden treasure because it'd be like, oh, the hidden treasure is like, this is another way you can experience the game, but it was hidden in the mainline game. So it makes sense. But I just don't understand why they've included Area Zero. And my, my hope with this is that we do get to discover more about Area Zero because it's one of the parts of the game where I wish we got more of Area Zero because it is such a interesting place to go, and it's just a shame that you don't get to go in the main line game in the main game until you know the last two to three hours, and you're rushing through it the first time. You don't get to explore it at your own pace. So I, I would love that these two games, these two pieces of DLC, connect more with that original vision of area zero and finding out more yeah i'd be curious to know um to what you just said about like how the two dlc it not only incorporates area zero but like does it open up anything in the mainline story and also too when it talks about the the treasure so is there some is there something that is only obtainable through the first part of the dlc and then the second dlc and maybe those like maybe it's two pieces of treasure that combines to unlock something else i, I don't know i'm i'm really it's, curious as well to find out what that it's is it's funny that you it's funny that you say that actually because i don't know how much you know about the new anime uh that's that's come out so i've not watched much. it okay so i've not watched it yet mainly because it's um you can only get the um the sub version i want the dub version but the two main characters which are oh i'm trying to remember now uh royan Liko, i think so one of them has a pendant of some kind and the other one has an ancient pokeball and mm. the fact that they have them in the anime which is linked to scarlet and violet in the fact that in the anime we've actually seen a 
version of Terrapagos, which is like a baby turtle kind of version, makes me wonder if, like you said, there's there's two key items, one that you get in each game, and then when you've got both, you find out more about Area Zero, what went on in Area Zero, what is currently happening at Area Zero. Um, I really do hope that these pieces of DLC expand Scarlet and Violet, because while I love the DLC in Sword and Shield, they don't really expand the story of the mainline game. Yep. Like, like the, the Isle of Armour literally does it. It introduces a couple of new characters, a couple of new Pokemon, and that's about it. Other than, you know, they open up the tournament, which you can get other characters to come along in. Um, and the second one gives you an extra piece of story in terms of Galar and what went with the, the um, Crown Tundra, like a little bit extra story, but it doesn't doesn't help to elevate the base game. And I'm hoping that this helps to elevate the base game by presenting or finding out more about Area Zero and tying it all together. Yeah, and I'll be curious as well. Um, so the turtle that, again, I'm terrible with names, so I'm really sorry, but the turtle that has all the um, the... Uh, the different uh, types on it in, in parts of its shell, right? So my questions would be like, uh, does it evolve? And also, is the reason why all the typings are on this Pokemon is because it can terrestrialize more than once in battle? So does it have the ability oh. where maybe its ability is called, you know, tera- or like ultra terrestrialize? Or I, I, I don't know what the name would be. It's, that's a horrible name. Don't use that. But maybe that's <laughs> maybe it's a name that's like that. And the ability of this Pokemon is going to be you can terrestrialize each um like each turn into something different. Um, I'm sure there would have to be a drawback with that. I don't think that it would just be you can terrestrialize with no penalty. But like maybe there's something that allows it to contain like you know the part of its shell lights up that is fighting type. You want to switch into fighting type. Maybe it wastes a turn. Um, but I'd be curious to learn more about that. And I do agree the story as well. I think it would make playing the game again really exciting if there was something that incorporated into the main story. And maybe somehow you don't have to like complete the game again to unlock part of it. Like maybe once you play the DLC, maybe it opens up other areas to when you want to replay the main story. Um, I don't know. I, I'm I'm very excited. Um, I, I'm definitely going to be playing the DLC for this. This excites me more than um, what I had for Scarlet and Violet. So very good. Are you planning to buy the DLC or you're on the fence at the moment? Um, I, I'll be honest. I am very, I am actually intrigued by the DLC. So I probably will. Um, I enjoyed our Scarlet and Violet, uh, cage lock, not to plug anything there, but I, I enjoyed our <laughs> series and I enjoyed playing the game. Um, I've had no issues with it. I know there's a lot of bugs and there's a lot of, you know, uh, people have their issues in general, but I actually enjoyed Gen 9. Um, it has opportunities, uh, to say the least, but I like Gen 9. I thought it was good. Yeah, Jen, Jen like we, we did a review on this, myself and Connor, a long time ago. And we obviously, like you say, did a playthrough, literally released, you know, a couple of episodes on the day release. And like, uh, it, it was an enjoyable experience and you could get what they were going for. It just, it should have been better in so many ways. Yes. And the DLC, the DLC, like it is exciting me, but I I'm on the fence because I was burnt by Scarlet and Violet because I expected it to be better than it was because the the way the marketing kind of 
lied or hid things from you, and I'm just worried that they're doing the same thing with the DLC. So I'm still on the fence at the moment. Chances are I will have to buy it anyway at some point because my daughter will want to play it. Yep. So I, I will have to buy it at some point. Um, I might even try and persuade her to go 50-50 on me because then I won't feel as ripped off. Um, but like <laughs> nice. I, I'm, I'm waiting to see what else comes out. And I... Unlike Scarlet and Violet, I will be reading reviews to find out a little bit more about you know what people say about it. Not spoilery reviews because I want to go into the the story completely fresh, um, but I, I, I do want to know more about the quality of the DLC um, before before I I buy it. Yeah, so makes sense. That's thank you. That's the the wrap up of that. Have you got anything else you want to add before we move on? Um, no, I, I guess the only thing I would add as well is I actually don't mind the, um, again, going back to the outfits. I like the, um, outfits for the other DLC part as well. I, again, I'm mm. not a big fan of the uniform, the school uniform. So both of these for me, uh, I'm pretty excited about. So yeah, we'll see. Good, good. Fantastic. Uh, let's, uh, jump into a question that we've had courtesy of Tony over on our YouTube Tony. channel. Oh, good old Tony. Who says, speaking of Arbok, who in your... Uh, that must be a previous episode. Uh, speaking of Arbok, who in your opinion is the most underappreciated Pokemon? I've actually got two of these if you want me to go wow. first while you think. That's a great question. Shout out to Tony. Um, Yeah, you go first. So we have to pick two, okay. right? That's what he said? No, you, no, I've picked two. You can you oh. can just pick one. It's a, If you've got multiple, you can talk about mo- multiple. So the two for me that stand out, and I was like, okay, wh- what Pokemon are underappreciated in terms of their gimmicks? So I went down the line of gimmicks. So Smeagol. I absolutely feel that Smeagol has been done dirty because its gimmick is absolutely fantastic that every 10 levels it learns Sketch and it can basically learn pretty much any move as far as I'm aware. You know, your opponent uses a move, you then use Sketch. And that ability should make it such a great Pokemon because of the randomness of it. And yet, its terrible stats... And I don't even know its ability, to be quite honest with you. So I don't know its ability either. So it's it's a Pokemon that I, I wish got more love, unfortunately. And my second Pokemon, again, with gimmicks, is Castform. Like, Castform is just a running joke at this point, and no one really cares about Castform. Um, but it was doing forms before forms were really a thing. Yes, we had Deoxys in uh, Gen 3, which also had forms, but the difference was Deoxys... Deoxys' forms, I don't think were... Deoxys just wasn't a readily available Pokemon in Generation 3. It wasn't easy to get, whereas Cast Form, you get it as part of the story. It's got this interesting gimmick with the all the different weather effects, and I wish they'd have continued to design Cast Form in a way that it became viable as an option. Um, like, you know, the fact that, you know, it's already got fire form in sunny day and you can spam solar beam or fire type moves and yet no one really uses it because it's just one of those pokemon that oh he's an interesting gimmick but that's all it's really got going for it which is a shame interesting so okay so we're we're going for like the very specific thing in terms of or at least that's how you've gone with like the the pokemon that's, that's not I've good gone. you don't have to um so i think for me um Man, it's tough without, like, looking at a Pokedex and, like, going through the list. I feel like there's a bunch of Pokemon that, uh, when I play Radical Red, I feel like there's Pokemon that people are like, oh, that's not very good. And I'm like, are you kidding? I love this. It's a great mon for this and that and this. Um, 
Oh man, this is a, I wish I had, man, I wish I had done some more research on this. I guess I would probably say Amon that's like, what was the question again? Was it underused or underappreciated? Underappreciated. Hmm. So, hmm. I guess, because I'm mainly a Pokemon, like, I battle, like, my whole focus with Pokemon and the reason I love it is for the battle aspect of it. Um, for me, I guess I would probably say a Mon that's maybe not talked about enough or, or appreciated enough. I would actually say Jellicent. Um, and so for me, from a okay. battle perspective, I like Jellicent for its typing. Water's really good. Um, immunity to, like, normal fighting. Um, gets healing moves. Gets a really good move set in general. Um, I don't know that the design necessarily makes me, like, you know, jump, bounce off the wall because I'm excited about it. But just from, uh, you know, again, the reason why I love Pokemon, uh, the battle aspect and the challenge of it and the Nuzlocke side of it, um, I would say Jellicent doesn't get the love that it deserves. Um Man, I if I can pull up a Pokedex and like look at a list, <laughs> hold on, I, I gotta get through, the, he's I gotta, get through the entire Pokedex. Here's the thing: your answer was so good that now I'm kind of like, gosh, like there's got to be a, a really good answer I can give to this. Um, the probably the probably is the, the the thing. The thing is with this is that like every every Pokemon is someone's favorite. So the, I've said Smeagol and Castform. There's probably somebody out there who would go, yes, yeah, Smeagol's my favorite Pokemon. Like, not even a question. It's amazing. It's beautiful. Or the same with Castform. And like, you know, everyone has a favorite Pokemon. Everyone has a Pokemon that, that is, they really just do not care about. That is, that is one of the beauties of Pokemon of, you know, every single design appeals to somebody um, in some way. So that's why I went down from the gimmick point of view because i was like oh, okay right what are some of the gimmicks that you know just are underappreciated and partly because they're underused partly because i think game freak just kind of went oh this is an interesting gimmick and then didn't really think about that pokemon outside of the gimmick in terms of making it viable in competitions or nuzlocks or anything else like so that i actually do have one i just i've been pulling up a pokedex looking through to try and find something i could i could go with so i actually this is something i never ever get to utilize or or have ever used in a pokemon game i love the zen mode idea for darmanitan i think that it changes between like the little statue or it's um, the Galar Zen mode, which is like the statue with like a snowman around it and the fire. I like that there are certain aspects of a, like a criteria a Pokemon has to meet to be able to change its form. Um, so I believe Darmanitan gets the Galar Zen mode through um, for the Galarian one. I think there's like it has to be hailing and you have to have the ability and it has to there's there's aspects to it but i think it'd be cool if more pokemon had different forms um i know that we've obviously got like the regions but i'm talking more like changes its not necessarily its regional form but like changes its form mid battle i think that's a really cool aspect um that I, I think Darmanitan gets love in terms of it, you know, there's people that love that Pokemon in general, but I think having more, like, maybe not calling it Zen mode, but for other Pokemon to have a mode based on the sun or, like, low HP and then it turns into this or um, uh, kind of similar to, I guess, the other Pokemon I think off the top of my head is um, the fish Pokemon in Sun and Moon. When it's... Um, uh, Wishy-Wash. Yes, when it becomes that bigger form, that and Darmanitan are the only two I can think of with those sort of forms. But I think I think with a thousand plus Pokemon, we could do with maybe more of that, so... Yeah, and what I'd like about that is in battles of, oh, they've bought this Pokemon, that's kind of 
oh, I don't want to set up weather now because that benefits them. Oh, yep. okay, I don't want to get them below a certain point of health because like then they get a boost or you know from their ability in their alternate form. Like I would love to see more of that my, myself personally as well. Um yeah, if, if so, if you've got a comment or question, you can reach us by leaving a comment on our podcast on YouTube, by emailing goldenrodpod at gmail.com, or by leaving it on our Discord channel, or, or by using the hashtag goldenrodpod on Twitter. Sam, let's move on to Devil's Advocates. So, if you're new to the podcast, you don't know what this is. Basically, each week, uh, me and usually Connor, but Sam in this case, will debate a controversial Pokemon topic. One of us will argue for the the controversial statement, and the other one will argue against it. This week, we have settled on should Mega Pokemon return to the mainline games? Um, so we're only talking about, you know, Generation nine ten onwards we're not talking about pokemon go pokemon masters because the the mega pokemon are in those games we're talking about the mainline games so sam is going to be arguing that mega pokemon should return i'm going to be arguing that they shouldn't return so sam do you want to kick this off i mean yeah if you don't mind uh so okay my argument for why they should return is when you look at mega Pokemon in general, so we have a good amount at this point, right? Or a decent amount, I should say. But it, it goes back to what I said earlier. We're a thousand plus Pokemon deep. There are so many different megas that you could make that would make Pokemon really cool. So a really good example, and it would also help them with being more popular and, and viable in, in battles, is a great one is Sableye. Getting Mega Sableye, it's a real. It becomes a much, much usable and more viable Pokemon. Um, Mega Mawile is busted with huge, huge power, pure power, whichever one it normally gets for its ability. Uh, I think it's huge power. Either way, but the point is, is that with Megas, there's so many designs that look so awesome. I personally love uh, Shiny Gengar. Looks insane. Mega Gengar. Um, Gardevoir looks awesome. I like that Mega. Um, the designs just are so amazing. They take a Pokemon that you love and make it into this even cooler design. Now, it's, you know, I'll be honest here. It's not always perfect. There are some Megas that you're like, uh, maybe they should have skipped that one. But there's just so many Pokemon we haven't had as Megas. I've seen people on YouTube that have actually made their own Megas put them into the game and they look really cool. Uh, there's so much opportunity. And I think especially when you look at like Pokemon that don't get evolutions, there are still so many, even going back to Gen 1, that still don't have an evolution. And I think if you're not going to give them an evolution, give them a mega form and, you know, make them even cooler than what they were originally. So uh, that would be my main push is that there's a lot there's a lot of opportunity. There's a lot of Pokemon that deserve some more love. Okay. So I think why... I think the reason they shouldn't return is, unfortunately, they've had their, they've had their time. They've had their day. And I think we, as fans, want Mega Evolution back because, because they took it away from us. Um, and that's the only reason why. I think if Mega Evolution was still a thing and the main gimmick throughout this, the, all these, you know, games, and we we didn't get Gigantamax, um, Z moves, and terrestrialization, I don't think we'd care that much about the Megas, unfortunately, because Megas just don't work for work in terms of you've allowed one Mega 
in a in a battle you have to help hold the correct stone which takes away some of the viability of these megas in pokemon battles i mean that's what the I same d- thing with terrestrializing you can only terrestrialize once yeah, same thing st- with gigantamax yeah, but but what I like about them is is, the, is that um, you can still hold items when you are having to terrestrialize and use Mega Evolution, so it's a lot more competitively viable. What I like about terrestrialization and um, Gigantamaxing and, and Dynamaxing is that pretty much every single Pokemon can do it, whereas Megas just kind of feel like oh, let's just pick the favorites. Like, there's no coincidence that, you know, oh, X and Y are coming out, right, it's on a brand new console, how are we going to get people involved? Ah, you get to pick two lots of starters. Oh, we get to get Charmander, Bulbasaur, and Squirtle again, playing on nostalgia. Oh, yeah, and they get to have Megas. And, you know, the fact that you get three starters and you get four Megas, like Charizard twice, Mewtwo twice, trying to edge the bets of, oh, if you don't like that Mega Revolution, we've got this other Mega Revolution for you, as if... Like, for me, the Mega Revolutions were never about, okay, let's add viability or um, extra diversity with these Megas. It just very much felt like, oh, let's use this as a marketing mechanic to get as many people as we can into buying back into Pokemon that have moved away because, oh, look at all these gen... Like, there's no coincidence that the majority of Mega Pokemon are Generation 1, some from Generation 2, some from Generation 3, and then I think, like, one from Gen 5 and one from Gen 6 off the top of my head. And I think there's more than that, that- but I, I get what you're saying, yeah. But yeah, but it was predominantly Generation 1, which makes you think it was just it was just a marketing gimmick. And unfortunately, while I will admit that a lot of the designs are absolutely phenomenal, some of the designs are some of the best Pokemon with designs we've had in a very long time, I don't think they change up enough. They just give his better stats for the most part, but some the majority of mega pokemon they they retain the same typing with the exception of a handful that the typings change most of them just get the same typing and what you get from them typically is just better stats whereas at least with dynamaxing gigantamaxing and um terrestrialization there are strategies around those, like terrestrialization. Oh, you get to change the the typing completely. It's a fantastic mechanic that keeps it on keeps you on your toes. And Dynamaxing just gives you a boost all round, but it's only for three turns as well. That allows you to play around that in terms of okay, I just need to stall for three turns. Okay, their Pokemon is you know undynamax. Well, now I'm going to Dynamax and go on the offensive. Whereas Mega's just felt a lot like. You get to mega what mega ever evolve one Pokemon in a battle, which might not actually help you, might actually hinder you in some regards because you can't then give them a better item. And some mega Pokemon are actually worse for it. Like Garchomp actually becomes slower, bizarrely becomes slow, which actually hinders it. Um, I'm trying I, to think what what other so go well, so if you'll let me rebuttal that so okay so you're go on. so one of the things you had mentioned was like the the they don't change enough as megas Pikachu just gets fat so like 
the design for Dynamax isn't perfect either. And and while I do like certain aspects of Dynamaxing and Trastalizing, Trastalizing also, if you want to talk about how Megas don't change enough, Trastalization literally just turns them into a crystal with a flower, fire, or a piece of water, a <laughs> bottle of water on their head. Like, let's be honest, like, if we're talking about changing how they look, Trastalization and Dynamaxing aren't perfect. Snorlax basically gets New York City Central Park on his stomach. Like, l- let's be honest, right? Like, the designs... Some are good uh, for Megas and, and some are bad, but yeah. the same thing for Dynamax and Terrasalizing. The the one thing I would say too, because you mentioned about like a held item, right? So I guess it comes down to what would you rather have? A Pokemon that can have a held item and become strong for just three turns or a Pokemon that doesn't get an item, but most of the time boosts its stats enough to make it so busted that it is hard to play around and kind of to to deal with. And and yes, obviously not having a held item because you use the Megastone um, can be a hindrance. At the same time, like the the change to the Pokemon in terms of his stats are so big sometimes that it's worth it to not have that held item. And in some cases, you could argue that it's useful depending on moves that are being used. Um, you know, if if you have a Megastone versus a regular item, it changes certain moves. Like uh, I believe, like Trick can't work because they can't take your like Trick is where they switch the held item around. I believe um, you can't use that on a Mon that's used the Megastone. So um, it's useful in battle in terms of stopping your opponent from stealing items and stuff like that. But I think for me, you know, you were right about Gen 1, and that is predominantly where they focused on the Megas. But you mentioned X and Y and how there's two Mega Charizards and two Mega Mewtwo's. Well, the reason why we need more Megas is because what if in the next game they said, okay, Venusaur just has a bigger flower on its head than the original Venusaur does, right? All right, we're going to give you a different Venusaur, uh, a Mega Venusaur Y or whatever you want to call it. And this time it's got a different typing or, you know, it's got, I don't know, like it's a different um, form. Maybe it stands on two legs. Maybe it's, uh, maybe it's like part flying or something. Like, I think there's so much opportunity to take Pokemon that we love and make them into these really cool Pokemon. And you're right. Some of the designs aren't perfect, but I think that, that's why we need them back because there's so much there is so much room to continue giving us more and more of the same pokemon but better versions of themselves and that kind of extends pokemon even further beyond us waiting for gen 10 gen 11 all that stuff and i would also throw out um in terms of you had mentioned before about how like it was a marketing ploy and you know um uh, we only miss them because they're gone. I do agree with you to an extent that that's partially true. But where I would disagree is that we don't just want them back because we miss them. We want them back because they were such a cool feature. And I think that we did need a break from them. And so we needed Dynamax. We needed Terrastalizing, which personally, I love Terrastalizing. It's probably up there with Megas for me. Um, But I think that it doesn't make sense not to bring back Megas as well, because that then makes... Could you imagine a battle, right? A double battle, where you not only have to worry about terrestrializing, but you have to worry about Mega Pokemon that can terrestrialize, Or, you know, um, you know, uh, Gigantamaxing Megas, right? Like, there's so many ways that they could make it extremely challenging in battles, but also really creative and really fun. So... Um, I, I definitely think they need to bring them back for sure. I can understand that. I think for, for me, like 
by... I think that they've left it that long now without Megas. That if they then introduce it again, like Gen 10, Megas are back. That would have to be the only gimmick because it would unfortunately overshadow whatever gimmick. Like, could you imagine if, if you know, Gen 8, they took a break and then Gen 9, it was, okay, uh, we've got Terrestrialization, this brand new mechanic. Oh, but Megas are back. Everyone would just be talking about Megas. All the news articles would be about Megas. And unfortunately, that's why they shouldn't return because it will just overshadow whatever the new gimmick is. And terrestrialization, I wasn't sure on terrestrialization when it was first announced. I was like, okay, this it doesn't look it doesn't function it doesn't look great, sorry. And you're absolutely right. Like the fact that they just get a little bit of a hat and go a little bit shiny, like it's not great. De- it's not a great no. design, but I can understand why they had to go down that route because of the sheer amount of work if you were to do a custom Pokemon for each typing, um, for each terror type, it'd just be overkill. But the but functionality wise, terror type ter- terrestrialization works so much better than mega revolutions because there is such a wide variety of usage like mega pokemon you throw out a mega pokemon and for the most part they retain the same typing yes the ability changes um and the stats improve but for the most part you go okay i i know how i need to deal with this mega venus so i know i need to deal with this mega gyarados i know how to deal with you know the, the mega alakazam because the typings for the most part stay the same whereas terrestrialization it is so random in terms of, okay, competitive battle, I'm fighting with somebody, they throw out an Arcanine, okay, this is absolutely fine, I go for a water-type move, oh, they terrestrialize into a grass-type. Oh, suddenly I'm at a disadvantage. Like The fact that you bought out two back-to-back gimmicks in terms of Dynamaxing and terrestrialization that put a, a huge spin on the battle mechanics and completely change the battle mechanics in a revolutionary way, I just don't think you can go backwards to Mega Revolution because it feels like the two new features that we've had in Gen 8 and Gen 9 are are pretty much better in most of the ways except for maybe, maybe design. I, I will admit, like, I do have a soft spot for the designs of, of Mega Pokemon, but I'll admit, some of the Gigantamax forms I think are actually better. Like when you wow. look at Machamp, Machamp's Gigantamax form looks absolutely phenomenal. Charizard, the fact his wings are on fire, absolutely love it. I'm trying to think of some more off the off I, the top of my head, and I'm really struggling, which is a shame. I've got um, um, I've got a Pokedex up, and I'm looking at some of because, them um, because like. Butterfree, like the massive, beautiful wings that it has. And you mentioned Duraladon, like the fact Uh, that it becomes a skyscraper. Yeah. Like, I I absolutely, I love that design. You like it? Oh, wow. I I actually, but that's the thing that we said earlier on is like, like (laughs) some, some, like, a Pokemon appeals to to as many people as it doesn't appeal to, like like you know the like Snorlax for example. The fact that it, it basically just becomes a landmass, yeah. um, Lapras with its beautiful shell. There are some absolutely gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous Gigantamax forms that I think are better than Megas. And I'm just looking at this. I didn't realize Corviknight got a a Gigantamax form. Apparently, there's loads of little birds that fly uh-huh. around it. But like some of these designs are absolutely phenomenal and i'd rather see them gigantamaxing return over um 
Megas simply because of the usability of being able to apply it to every single Pokemon except for Eternatus. And the fact that Gigantamaxing, you know, brings such unique designs to some of these Pokemon. I, um, I think the only thing but, I would add to that is, so you are technically right about like, you know, there are, for the most part, Megas don't change their typing, but a good example would be like Altaria goes from what, Dragon Flying to Dragon Fairy. So in, yes. you know, and that is a limited uh, example, right, or, or a rare example, but you've also got Absol, Dark to Dark Fairy. So you now change up if you Mega Evolve. The opponent, if they've gone for a dragon move on Altaria, it becomes Mega Altaria, it negates that. So it has that similar effect that Terrasilization has, right? So you have a Garchomp on the field, you Terrasilize to steal, the fairy Pokemon now does like, it, you know, it's resisted to the fairy type attack. Um, so Megas have that same aspect of Terrasilization, um, and also Terrasilization, sorry. While it is unique and it is awesome and I love it, um, for the most part, typically, once you watch a couple of people battle competitively, you know that most of the time they're giving, you know, again, Garchomp, they're giving it the steel trash. So, like, <laughs> I don't know that people are actually, oh, sorry, I was yelling in the mic there. Um, I don't know that people are actually changing it up enough to where it's like, oh my gosh, what? do we think, you know, Pikachu's going to have? Well, most likely it's going to have flying to avoid ground. So it, I, I get that, but I think Megas do the same thing, um, just in a, a, a limited, a little bit less of a capacity. But um, I, I think I see what you're saying about if they brought Megas back, how do you avoid it being the main focus from the um, the gimmick they're bringing in? And that's why I think the best way to introduce it would be in Gen 10, where you basically make this massive game, um, which obviously they would cram in one year and they would have a lot of issues with it day one because that's Pokemon. <laughs> but um, I would love to see them incorporate, okay, Gen 10, we're going to incorporate Mega Evolutions, Dynamax, Terrasilization, and there'd be some sort of setback where it's like, okay, if you do this in battle, you can't do the other two things. So you have to pick and choose, and that would make combat obviously insane to deal with, but it, it would it would make it a lot more fun. And there's also a way to um, maybe you do some sort of thing where it's like, you know, um, mega evolution, but it's like a step further where, you know, somehow maybe you incorporate a third type. There, there's there's other ways they can bring mega evolution back, make it the new gimmick and bring in new features. It doesn't just have to be, okay, well, we've given Gen 5 10 new Pokemon that can mega, evolu uh, mega evolve. Maybe it's, yes, we did that, but we also all gave them new features or new abilities that we've never seen. There, there's ways to make the gimmick, I think, usable and, and exciting. So, Very nice. I was going to ask for like a wrap-up, but I think you've kind of given the wrap-up there to be quite honest cool. with you so i'm just gonna ask the, the the listeners like who do you think one should mega mega pokemon make a return to the mainline games and like connor connor sorry wow. i knew i was gonna wow. do sorry all right i knew this i was gonna it. do right, that dude. it's because it's because on the script it says connor for the next part and i knew at some point i was gonna end up saying the wrong person's name so sorry stuff and um, but the, the what i was going to ask is have you watched the last couple of episodes of the anime where ash takes on leon or not so i've actually so i've not watched the whole thing but i've seen um snippets of it from tiktok and just youtube and kind of yep. you know stuff uh showing up on my feed um wow uh so, some of the fights are actually so, really good <laughs> yeah so the reason i was bringing that up is because in what 
I liked about the anime that I believe should they should bring to the games is exactly what you touched on, is that when Ash fights Leon, like they go, oh, you can use one of either Mega, uh, Z-Move, or Dynamaxing, and Leon goes, nah, nah, we can use all of them. And Ash, <laughs> Ash uses all of them nice. in the fight. He, he Mega Evolves, he uses D- D- Dynamax, and he uses a Z-Move. And I would love to see that in competitive pokemon i would love to see that and while i think we can get it in showdown i'm not 100 sure like the mainland games don't let you do that and i really believe like gen 10 should be like you say oh here's all the best features of all the pokemon games you've had megas are in here zemus are in here gigantamaxings in here terrestrializations in here and i i know that some of those are off their specific regions like the reason you can only gigantamax and dynamax and gallows because of the, the the energy that's there but they could just write something to allow you to do that and i would love to see that so sam are you up for playing a game uh, yeah but i'm gonna be so bad all right I'll, <laughs> let's do it yeah perfect in front of me area i have three pokemon with three pokedex entries each but can sam spot the fake entry so we're going to start with the first pokemon this week smeagol pokedex entry number one it marks its territory by using its tail like a paintbrush there are more than five thousand different marks Entry so, number two. Sorry, go on. <laughs> sorry. Okay. wait. Uh, sorry, real quick question. So you said Smeargle at the beginning. So I have to pick which of these three or, or which ones uh, you've listed here are matches Smeargle, right? One of them is fake. So two of the Pokedex, two of these entries are Pokedex entries that are facts. They they are in the Pokedex. One of these is incorrect. One gotcha. of these I've made up. That's what you're trying to guess. Okay. So entry number two. Smeagol often fights over territory, constantly covering other Smeagol's marks, leading to some interesting artwork. And the final entry, it draws symbols all over the place to mark its territory. In towns with many Smeagol, the walls are covered in graffiti. Hmm. So I think what you've done is you've taken the second one and you've used parts of it from another Pokemon and incorporated smeargle in the actual description so i'm going with the second one that's my logic on that okay that's not how it did it but you're right so congratulations you've you've arrived (laughs) at the right answer in a completely different way but fair enough one out of one so far well done sam uh on to the next pokemon cast form so entry number one cast form's appearance changes with the weather This Pokemon gained the ability to use the vast power of nature to protect its tiny body. Entry number two. Its appearance causes... No, sorry. uh, Its appearance changes with the weather. Recently, its molecules were found to be just like water. And the third and final entry. Weather affects its cellular structure. Artificial changes in the temperature do not change Casform's appearance. Hmm. I think it's got to be the third one because the way you read that, it doesn't sound like it. There's something about it. The wording is giving me vibes of it's not an entry. Just there's certain words that were used there. I'm going to say entry number three. <laughs> well done. Yeah, <laughs> really? Well done. I thought you said you weren't going to be very good at this. <laughs> like, Connor's going to watch this back and go, wait, you got three out of three on the first attempt. Like, what? <laughs> like, what am I doing wrong? <laughs> Connor, this is how you play this game. So, the third and final Pokemon is Poochiana, okay? Entry number one. 
Capucciana refuse to hunt in packs. This lack of coordination will often result in them fighting each other as their prey escapes. Entry number two. At first sight, Poochiena takes a bite at anything that moves. This Pokemon chases after prey until the victim becomes exhausted. However, it may turn tail if the prey strikes back. And the third and final entry for Poochiena. Poochiena is an omnivore. It will eat anything. A distinguishing feature is how large its fangs are compared to its body. This Pokemon tries to intimidate its foes by making the hair on its tail bristle out. Hmm, I think I've... I think i've heard that third one i feel like i recognize that can you um hmm i can read them out can again you, if you want can you read the first one again sure Poochiena refused to hunt in packs this lack of coordination will often result in them fighting each other as their prey escapes so a clumsy pokemon that travels in a pack i'm gonna say the first one that doesn't make sense <laughs> you got well done no way <laughs> well you get you <laughs> That's not done serious? apparently. Well, yeah, well, I'm serious. You got you got all three right. Well done. Well oh, I done. win. <laughs> you win. You win bragging rights. Well done. You can oh. you can write down in the comments down below. Tag Connor in it and let him know yes. that you know you are the master of this game. So well done, Sam. You got three out of three on the first go. Asking, just don't come back on the podcast and you'll you'll have the perfect record. Like you'll never lose this record. Okay, so well done. So I um, sh- so I had- shouldn't say that you paid me and to get these questions right and you gave me the answers in advance just so Connor can't have a better record than me. Should we not talk about? I, that? I don't know why you'd say that because it's obviously it's obviously not true at cu- all i did not pay you out, at all right? yeah this okay, part this okay, part good. will not be in the in the, uh. <laughs> for the podcast <laughs> we've had another question in this week uh from connor funnily enough because i wanted to make sure he had a part on the podcast despite not being able to 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 be here unfortunately um so he asks now that we've had curries and sandwiches in game what pokemon would taste the best, and how would you serve it? So I misread this question. I only read the first half of this question, which is now that we've had curries and sandwiches. So I thought, I just thought, okay, what's the what's the food mechanic for the next game? So I've actually written down a note of milkshakes I, and fajita-style I wraps. I was thinking that but too, actually, yeah. <laughs> but, but what he actually wants to know is, what Pokemon are we cooking, and how are we serving it? Wow. And, um, and like, okay, I'll let you go first on this. I have no idea. Um, so the e- the easy answers are obviously Pokemon like Tauros and Miltank, which have real life equivalents. And I'm pretty sure we've seen a Magikarp like chopped up in the anime in the very first season. But I I kind of feel like I want a list of Pokemon that we could potentially like go through and figure out. Okay, what would because like actually bug pokemon like we people eat bugs in real life like you you know deep fry them or whatever you do and actually like i feel like there's something about scissor or no it's not scissor scyther or um heracross that i feel like deep frying them they might be quite tasty in a really bizarre bizarre way um I'm trying to think what what else I could taste see that good. I think Scizor would be a little bit of a, a metal metallic uh uh 
you know, a, a nasty kind of uh, meal to have. So I, I wouldn't go with scissor. I, um, I guess, oh man. Cause I, when you were reading the question, I was thinking the same thing. Like, oh, okay. We've got to figure out like a type of food, like a milkshake or something else. But no, we're just cooking Pokemon. Um, I, <laughs> man, the one thing I was thinking of was like, if you want something like super meaty, like a whale lord, there's a lot of it. And so you could maybe like, I don't know. Yeah. Like grill it or something. Um, I... but where do you draw the line? Because yeah. like, like so the Pokemon that are, have real life equivalents are like, yeah, that's just normal. But am I a bit sadistic? I was like, yeah, I wouldn't mind trying a Machamp. Like, do you not Ooh. think that's a bit weird because of how huge? Like Jinx, it's so humanoid that does it cycle back around to being cannibalism? I know it's a Pokemon, but it's a good question. Um, I'm looking at a list right now. I think. Um... There's some really good options. I mean, yeah, it goes back to, like, all the fish Pokemon are obvious, right? So you'd eat, like, you know, mm. things that have, like, the scales and stuff. That that makes sense. I, um, I'm wondering for, like, I'm trying to see. So one I'm, I'm torn on this. One I've got is Galarian Ponyta. Because there's just something about that that I can imagine it being one of those things where... Oh, you've you've chopped up one of these Pokemon. You served it to me. This is disgusting. I'll try it, but and then just being like, this is the most magical thing I've ever tasted in my life, and just falling in love with the taste of uh, how that Pokemon tastes. You know, I so I don't know about you. Um, I like mushrooms. I eat them with different okay. meals, right? Um, Shinodic. It has a um fairy aura to it. It's got like um. There's a There'd be like a, I guess, flavor to it because it's got a lot of spore moves. Um, I like mushrooms, so maybe you could make it on a sandwich or something. Um, man, this is not a question I'm used to answering, so I have no idea. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I think so, I'd probably some of them. Go... Oh, you know what? The easy answer as well could be Flapple, uh, Flapple or Appleton because it's like an apple pie. So that works. That good. works. And then there are, there are some Pokemon I just can't see, like Probo Pass. It's rock and steel. Like, you're, you're not in that ghost types. Like, how do you even eat, like, ghost types? It just doesn't... I, I just don't understand how that would work. And I'm just probably doing the same as you, scrolling through the list of Pokemon. And, like, the obvious ones are, like, Ducklet. It's, it's just a duck. Or, you know, Vanilla Ice kind of like an ice cream. So would that You know what I just work? thought of? You made a great point about ghost types. I imagine it'd be, like, dry ice. You know how it's like you can kind of not necessarily taste it, but like it's it um it, it's got a it's potent enough to where you can like feel it and smell it. It's strong enough. So I wonder if you like I don't know bit into like spiritum or like to like sucked in spirit. Okay, we're getting into a weird spot here, but um if <laughs> basically I'm saying if you suck on spiritum, maybe you get some like. <laughs> flavor i don't know it, it we're going in a weird way here um uh, but yeah no I, I wouldn't eat a rock steel type either um i yeah i don't know i think waylord appleton um i would be be curious to try like dundozo um Titan, like an oh, ice pokemon yeah. could be like an ice like a ice cream or something depending on how that works um it's a great there question. The, the, yeah, the, the, there are your, your answers, Connor. Um, so uh, we're getting towards the end of the podcast. Is there anything, Sam, that you want to pr- plug uh, over on your channel? Uh, yeah. So uh, right now, 
uh, myself and Professor Hoenn, aka Ben, um, we are doing a Pokemon three-way versus in Pokemon Emerald Crest, which is a really hard version of Pokemon Gen 3, so go check that out. Um, but I've also got two solo Let's Plays going on. Um, I am currently uh, uploading for the Star Wars Survivor Let's Play that I'm doing, which is a ton of fun, and uh, Nino Kuni, a blind Let's Play of that, so uh, go check it out if you like those games. Very nice. Is the is Jedi Survivor as good as, if not better than the original? It's hands down better. Um, they improved okay. every part of the first game. I am a really big Star Wars fan. I wouldn't say I'm like a the biggest around, but I, I love Star Wars. And the first game for me hits really hard because I am a big fan of the lightsabers, the Force, and the dark side. And that's what these games that that's what both these games give you. Um, I'm not one of the people that loves like the space shooting like I, I don't hate it but it's not what i come to star wars for and so in the first game they gave you a lot of the force lightsaber fighting and in the second one they improve all of the combat which i already loved they improve the force abilities um the boss fights the story's really good so yeah very very fun game Good. I want to. I want to check it out i've got such a long list of games that i need to check out and that that is one of them at some point, I don't know when I'll get around to, but one day I will. And that's the show for this week. If you've gotten this far, you're just a top dollar, aren't you? Sam, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me at my house at my address, which is... In the description down in below. the description <laughs> down below. Um, but no, you can find me on YouTube, uh, which is... Uh, my name is The British Eagle. Uh, some people call me Beagle, British, or Frank. Um, you'll have to ask other people about that. And you can find me on Twitter as well. Uh, british underscore eagle um and then also my discord which i'm assuming you can also find on my youtube channel so yep there you go and we'll we'll put all those in the description down below so people can you know hopefully come along and you know subscribe subscribe to this guy subscribe to him um over on youtube uh subscribe to us as well on youtube uh i'm ben you can find me professor Owen gaming on youtube and professor Owen on twitter as for the golden rod podcast you can find us on the usual platforms search for golden rod podcast on youtube or on your usual podcast app leave a like on youtube or a five-star review if you're listening as a podcast just like sam's going to do after this episode and we'll be back next friday for another week of pokemon podcast content see ya <laughs> i don't know what do i do